Promises made, promises kept. Well, you know who that is, and uh, you know why he's saying it. It's become kind of a, a trademark of Doug Ford, and uh, along with Doug Ford, his uh, his cabinet, his ministers. It is 17 minutes after 6 now on Global News Radio, and uh, you know, when uh, everything got uh, spooled up and they started sitting for this uh, unprecedented summer session of the legislature, we talked to Todd Smith, who is the government house leader, amongst other things, Minister of Government Services being one of them, and um, he, he told us what he thought we were going to get accomplished over the course of summer as you know yesterday the legislature uh, rose for the remainder of the summer and will not be back until the 24th of september notwithstanding that business goes on but todd smith uh we took a look at it from the beginning now we're taking a look back how are you pretty good peter you i'm great and uh, happy to have you aboard and i'm i'm not going to look for you to say we did everything wrong and we're going to start again because i don't think that's true um we've been we've been talking about uh this today we had the panel talking about it uh last hour where uh, the the forces of uh of the conservative movement like michael diamond was on that panel and he had nothing but good things to say of course and we had david sparrow who's uh more ndp oriented who said you know uh if you take things away you ha- you have to plug other things in and i suppose the the answer you would give is everything in time but why don't you this is not meant as a lob question because we'll drill down a little bit but i I think you feel that in a short period of time what about six weeks you accomplished a lot yeah i think the four words that uh, you just heard the premier say there promises made promises kept promises made promises kept (laughs) right on cue yes Um, I I think those do kind of sum up the summer session. I mean, we had a lot of promises that were made during the election campaign, and uh, the Premier and the Cabinet and the entire team wanted to get right down to work on uh, accomplishing uh, some of those promises. So we set out to end the York University strike, done, uh, brought in new governance at uh, Hydro One, which was a promise that was made during the election campaign that a lot of people said we weren't going to be able to accomplish. The $6 million man. Yeah, promise made, promise kept. And... uh, and then a lot of uh, green energy projects that were driving up uh, electricity prices, not just now, but would drive them up into the future. Uh, Minister Rickford uh, made quick work of ending those projects and, and in the end uh, saved almost $800 million in future energy costs, reducing the size of council at Toronto City Hall. And the list goes on and on. I mean, we haven't actually finished up the cap-and-trade cancellation act yet, but when we do... You know, that's going to save the uh, average family across the province 260 bucks a year and be the first step in driving down gas prices. So there were a lot of other things on top of those, uh, you know, key promises that were made during the election campaign that we acted on. Well, let me talk to you for a moment about some of the criticism that's being leveled. Because uh, I know you, first of all, I know you know media as well as I do because the business that I'm in right now is the business that you were in before right. you were in government. So I, you know, we respect each other on that basis, and I think we respect each other personally because we worked together. But there, these are questions that have to be put on the table and they have to be asked. And one of them, you raised it, green energy. Um, one of the one of the criticisms that being, that's being leveled, not at uh, Minister Rickford or, or at Doug Ford, is uh, not so much to do with the fact that we have a Green Energy Act we never should have had, uh, and I wouldn't even say arguably, it, it hasn't been successful, but the fact that you're killing contracts, they are contracts, and uh, there is a piper to pay, and we don't know at the other side of this, if you if you tear those things up, what the upshot is going to be. What kind of consideration has been given to that, and uh, who's going to fight those battles? Yeah, well, there was a lot of thought that was put into this legislation, which insulates the province from any future uh, lawsuit action uh, from these companies. 
Um, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, what we did is we looked at all of the contracts that were in the system to come on board that would have added all of those millions of dollars in extra costs and did a cost-benefit analysis on what was going to be better, allowing all of these contracts to go onto the grid and continue to cause electricity prices to soar or uh, pay, so, pay out some of these uh, contracts, like the one in Prince Edward County, for instance, the WPD project, the White Pines development, which was uh, given the green light during the election campaign, which wasn't acceptable. Uh, that's not something that should be done during an election that's campaign. That's your writing. That's my writing, yeah. absolutely, yes. And, uh, and it was going to uh, create e- energy and electricity that we don't need um, at times that we don't need it. And it was going to cost a heck of a lot of money. So it uh, made sense to cancel that project. And in canceling that project, we have inoculated the province from any legal action uh, from the German company involved. I'm assuming uh, on the energy file, and I know you're not the Minister of Energy, but I, I think that, you know, sitting at the cabinet table, you're as aware of this as anybody else. I think that uh, forgetting about the wind projects and the solar projects uh, going forward, we are in a position now with uh, the nuclear capability that we have and arrangements that even go back into the wind period where we started to talk to Quebec, which is what we should have done in the first place because they got excess power and the greenest power you can ever get because it's hydroelectric, that we're in good stead. Yeah, we just had great news uh, last week that uh, uh, Pickering was given the stamp of approval from the Canadian Nuclear Association to continue to produce a low-cost, reliable, baseload electricity to the province. And and we're getting, on a day like today, the sun is shining, we're getting about uh, 60% of our baseload electricity from our nuclear fleet in the province, both at Darlington and at Pickering and also uh, at Bruce over on Lake Huron. And then the hydroelectric uh, facilities that we have uh, make up another 25 you know, and it is not as if we couldn't introduce renewables into the system as well, but the way that the Liberals went about introducing uh, these renewable energy projects into the system with those huge subsidies is what was driving the price of electricity through the roof. And as you say, I mean, we have a great nuclear fleet that we can depend on. We have a great hydroelectric fleet there as well. And if we can mix in our gas and uh, and the uh, renewable energy projects, we've got a pretty good mix in our Ontario system right now. But we certainly de- didn't need to add any more. And a lot of those contracts that were signed as a result of the Green Energy Act are going to cost us a lot of money over the next 15 years or so. Yeah, and you know, I'm listening to you talking, and, and it just dawned on me, you were the energy critic for enough years. You know this file. I was, yes. I'm not Minister Rickford, but I was on the energy file for three years. So. Okay, let's let's talk for a moment about something that uh, Premier Ford has dropped over the course of the past couple of days. And and I think that it's fair for me to say, and, and uh, I'm sure you'd agree, when uh, Doug Ford says something... Um, whether it's in passing or as an announcement, and this hasn't become an announcement as such yet, you've got to sit up and take notice. And he's making noises about uploading the TTC. And so we did a segment earlier this afternoon. I doubt you had a chance to listen in, but um, in summary, uh, where we talked about the fact that this isn't just Toronto uh, that we have to be concerned with if we live in the area. This is something called the Greater Golden Horseshoe that starts back around uh, Bowmanville and works its way through Toronto, Mississauga, Oakville, through Grimsby, Hamilton, and around into Niagara. And uh, over the course of the next 10 years, four of which you're going to be the occupants, at least four of which you're going to be the occupants of uh, the government side, uh, that, that's, that area is going to contain 8 to 10 million people with a bunch of dissociated transit uh, availabilities, such that if I don't, I, I'm not going to get too... Um, 
uh, effusive about this. If you wanted to go from, uh, say, Mississauga to um, to Bowmanville, you're probably talking about riding five different jurisdictions that are not really connected from a schedule or a fair point of view, and talking about hours of your life. So, at what point is uh, is this going to go beyond? Uh, we're going to upload the TTC into. We're going to look at transit on a regional basis and create some fluidity, and we're going to start charging by distance because I think that's where it's got to go. And I and it took a lot of calls on this. A lot of people seem to agree. Yeah, you know, it was a it was a promise that was made by Premier Ford during the campaign as well. I can tell you that Minister Yakubowski has been working on this uh, file as well. He had a conversation uh, with the Mayor of Toronto just the other day to talk about um, making sure that we were uh, working together to meet the needs of not just the city of Toronto, but the entire region, as you say. I mean, uh, when you factor in uh, the populations of Mississauga and Peel region and right across York and out into uh, Durham region as well, um, there's a lot of people there that have to move around and they're not moving very well right now. And that costs not just people time and their vehicles, but it's costing the economy billions of dollars in, in gridlock. And uh, so we want to make sure that we're working together. And that's part of the reason why we reduced the size of Toronto City Council, because council wasn't able to get those decisions made in a timely manner. And it seems like you know, we've been talking subways into Scarborough for a long time, but nothing's ever really happened on that. So, you know, the Better Local Government Act that passed on Tuesday afternoon uh, hopefully will allow Toronto City Council to function better and hopefully work better uh, with the province of Ontario over the next four years to make sure that we look after this gridlock problem that we have in one of the largest economies in North America. Well, you know, you're not you're not saying as much and you're not going to say as much because I don't think we're here for you to make any announcements, but it sounds to me like the thinking about fluidity, if I could just use that word, within the entire region is something that is top of mind for your government. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense for everybody. And uh, and I know Minister Yakubuski is working on it. He'd shoot me if I made an announcement on that today. So, <laughs> Well, we all know Yak. He'd shoot anybody. But, uh, <laughs> He'd shoot his mouth off. We know that. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Uh, I want one more thing before we, uh, we have to call it a, an evening. Um, sex ed. Sex ed uh, has kind of been left on the table as the, uh, as the legislature adjourned for the, uh, the remainder of summer. By the time you guys get back in the seats and the questions start flying again, We're three weeks into the school year. As far as I'm given to understand right now, the ministry has not sent any actual directives out to any school boards. And what we've got is at least 24 school boards that are saying, not going to leave the 2015 curriculum, no matter what they say. You've got a teacher's union in ETFO, where uh, a pretty activist leader, Sam Hammond, is saying, we'll defend any one of our 83,000 members who uh, has to face any music that comes from leaving the curriculum that we've got. You've got a parents group that is taking you to the Ontario Human Rights Tribunal on behalf of LGBTQ students. Uh, and, And you've got people like me who are... Are, I'm, I'm pretty benign, but I'm saying 1998, if you're really going to teach 1998, you're predating the internet. Where does this fall right now? Where, where are we? Are we betwixt and between? Are we going to leave things as they are and do the consultations regardless? What are we doing? Yeah, I think you summed it up pretty well. There's a lot of people that are upset about this, and there were a lot of people that were upset about it uh, when Kathleen Wynne and the Liberals uh, introduced the new curriculum back in 2015 as well. You yep. recall we had uh, massive, massive protests on the front lawn at Queen's Park, and, and now we're having uh, other protests uh, from the other side of things. So I think what we really need to do is go back to the drawing board and make sure that we have input from all the affected parties and make sure that those who are for or against 
uh, have an opportunity to voice their concerns. I know that's what uh, Minister Thompson is uh, committed to doing, and the Premier certainly is committed to making sure that all voices are heard on this issue. The argument was made uh, loud and clear during the election campaign from a lot of different sides that say that they weren't given an opportunity to participate in building the new curriculum, and and we think that uh, everybody should have that opportunity, and that's why the minister is promising to have the largest consultation ever on uh, on the new uh, health and physical education uh, curriculum and, and making sure that we have something that uh, everybody can live with. Well, you certainly have done a fair amount, whether people like it or not, you've done a fair amount, and, and it seems to me, from uh, the sense that I get... Um, over telephone and so forth that more people than not are saying they like what they see so far so i wish you continued success and we'll look forward to the uh, reopening of the legislature on the 24th of september and maybe we'll talk to you again then absolutely thanks peter thanks for the conversation always a pleasure todd smith who is minister of government services and also government hus leader which means he uh, takes care of the uh, order of things from the government's perspective inside the legislature of the province of ontario i am peter sherman in for oakley this is global news radio 640 toronto